out with hang out with you. you know? <laughs> hey guys, welcome to the Big Bull United Podcast. My name's TJ. I'm here with Dan and Colin. What's up, guys? Colin, good to have you back. How was uh how was the next scars tour out in the it, West Coast there? It was great. Uh the, the East Coast was was great, but this was like on another level of great. I mean, because I've I've never played on the West coast. So that was a really cool thing. Um, I do have to say one thing though, if you ever have a chance to go to Sacramento, don't. <laughs> what a dump. And sorry for all the Sacramento fans that listen to the podcast out there, but holy, There's none, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's the joke of it. It, what a, Oh, it was like Florida and New Jersey strip malls, but just on the West coast and in the desert. My, my it, cousin actually lives there. Oh, he had nothing particularly interesting to say about it the last time I saw him. It's but. rough. It's just like, I don't know. Uh, we were at a funeral, so maybe like Sacramento's being like at a funeral all the time. That's Not what it felt like. Yeah, right. yeah, that's what it felt like. I mean, the, the show was cool. The venue was cool. Um, it was that picture that I sent you, Dan. Uh, of um, It had like graffiti on the walls and stuff like that. It was it was pretty, it was very CBGBs of, of the West Coast. Someone, someone say something? TJ's. Is anyone here? I, I can't hear anything. It's Uh-oh. there's used to be these have oh, a friend no. named Colin with an awesome mustache and, and uh, just didn't come back to the pod. Yeah. Um, should we get yes, started? Yes. Do, you want, do you want to start the pod, dude? Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. So why didn't we start there in the first place? Yes, I don't have my mustache anymore. It was just time. It was two years, it was a quarantine thing. The mustache had to go. Um I want all of our patrons and, and fans to know that. Colin did not consult TJ and I. He went rogue and did this. Otherwise, this would have never happened. And if you don't want to listen anymore, that's totally fine. You can. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. Uh, so, Colin, well, um, can you explain this, please, in a little more depth as to what happened to your mustache? Uh, well, everyone, I, I, everyone deserves to know. I, I, I was actually, I was aiming towards this trip being the finality of it anyway. And then when I came home, I was home for a couple of days. I just started thinking about it and uh, talking to Steph. Uh, she was cool with it for a long time. And it wasn't that she was sick of it, but she's just like, are you going to take it off anytime soon? And I was just like, all right, that's all I needed. I'm just going to do it. If, if you, if, you know, if you've, you've gotten over it now, I'm going to do it. But the funny thing about it was then as soon as I was like, all right, I'm going to go take a shower and I'm going to do it. And she's like, oh, no, no, I'm scared. I don't know what you're going to look like after you I, re- it I remember be- when you were going to get married before your wedding got canceled twice because of the plague. Um, yeah. Steph was like, you have to shave your mustache. And then we had sort of like a secret talk going on that we were all going to have a mustache as oh. your groomsmen. We, I was like, shave my beard and just have a mustache. Oh, that They're all going to grow great. a mustache. Yeah. I, you know, I love to like ruin um, someone's wedding who's been thinking about it their whole lives as a girl. And me come in like a big jerk and uh, do some, do some dumb shit like that. That would have made me feel good. (laughs) But funny enough, she wouldn't have hated that. She would have loved that just as long as I didn't have it. Even she didn't even hate it. Even with the pictures and everything like that, it's going to be one of those things we're going to laugh about. It would have been worth it to see Peach with an attempt at a mustache. Oh yeah. That would be gross. Or, or Eric. Well, Eric would look like his dad. Yeah. Uh, His dad had epic mustache. All right. We're getting, we're we're getting too far away here. Colin, I want to ask you one more question. You have any good food while you're out in the West Coast? Or uh, well, I mean, between actually, funny enough, I thought 
all of Southern California was going to be based in uh, Mexican food and specifically burritos. But one of the best ones I had the entire trip was in San Francisco. But uh, yeah, it was burritos. I just had like seven of them. I hope you didn't use any hot sauce because that stuff's banned. Um... <laughs> I, no, the flavoring was just so good by itself. I didn't need it. Why would don't I need hot even... Don't Why would hot I sauce. ever think of it? I'm Don't need it for any anything. Sour. No, no hot sauce, no. no. <laughs> um, as usual, guys, follow Big Blue United on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow us directly at BBU Podboys with the Z on Twitter. Don't forget to download that DraftKings app. And this week, our sponsor is OVH Cloud, which is a cloud provider offering virtual private servers, dedicated servers, VMware-based hosted private cloud, and OpenStack-based public cloud to over 1.4 million customers worldwide. They host video games, websites, email, and more with OVH Cloud. It starts at just 3. $3.5. How about $3.50 a month? Sounds a little <laughs> bit better than that. Here's the link. I understand that you're probably not going to want to type that into your browser. We're going to have it um, in the uh, you know description on the Twitter and we're also uh, I'm sorry, description on the YouTube. We'll also tweet it out with the episode. Um, right on. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I, I, I like to use a VPN a lot, so I think VPN is a great thing to have, especially like, uh, you know, if you're doing this and that and the internet you don't want people to know about, which we've all been there before. This is this is venturing into the territory that we like when we started at the beginning of this, like, hmm, what we do we want people to know that we're doing on the internet. <laughs> oh, I think mean, I like, think this will be good. This would be a great product for the Giants now that they have an analytics department and need to store wealths of data. Um, something they never needed before. But if if you're looking for a solution, OHV Cloud, New York Giants front office analytics staff. Speaking of which, uh, what, what's the name of the guy that was the analytics guy and he, and he got promoted to like uh, game manager or something like that? I forgot what his title is. It's something to do. I forget his name. You saw that as well. No, it was like a, a strictly analytical guy that is now more yeah. of a football guy, which is interesting and something Dave Gettleman never would have done. Yeah, I can't think of it right now. Yeah. All I can think of is that dude from Philadelphia that now like runs that Italian premier uh, Serie A league. Syria, like uh, Venezia. Do you, do you hear that story? No. Uh, yeah, he's like the GM of of the Italian Lally, uh, 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 Syria team, uh, just from like sending a cold email to the owner, and he's like revitalized the entire franchise. That's insane. Yeah, it's a good story. You like it? Um, cool. I'll look into that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, totally. Um, so Giants? <laughs> Is this a Giants podcast? I know. I know. I know. It's the off season. Um. I I never really watched much soccer, so I couldn't tell you much. And it's not the most it's not the thing I'm really looking at in Europe right now. Anyway, I, I think we should sorry. Um, I think we should jump into I guess the biggest news this week was that and this is, you know, speaking to the lull that we're in, is that the Giants are probably not going to pick up Daniel Jones's option. Of course, once that news comes out, it's just firestorm on Twitter of speculation and anger and people sticking by Jones and people decrying him. Um I mean, I kind of have a lot to say here. It, I, I want you guys to let me know what your feelings are on this. I mean, I think I think we're probably all all in line. Um, Colin, do you want to start? Sure. Um, I mean, that that's one hundred percent the right call. Um, he has clearly come to the point of his career where, whether it's it's self uh, inflicted, well, if it was it was self inflicted as well as otherwise, he's at a crossroads and. He has certainly not proved enough to warrant uh, either getting his option picked up or an extension. So the right call is to not do that and kind of have it as a prove it year this year. And I think given that he's got a bunch of competent brains uh, behind him to hopefully put him 
in a spot to, uh, you know, adhere to his strengths, uh, play up to what he is good at, what he and and get away from what he is not good at, and it's just the smart thing. And you know what? I, I'm sure he doesn't care. I'm sure he wants to prove it. He knows that you know, he may not tell people, or you, you know, his opinion is probably in a in a very small group of people that that know about it. But I'm sure he's thrilled and wants to prove himself now. So, I, it's the right call. And if that is actually the case, which I would have to imagine it is, I mean, why would they ever pick it up? Uh, I'm, I'm happy for it and I'm here for it. And, um, you know, who, who knows if Mitchell Trubisky is, is coming sooner than later to kind of light a fire. Uh, cause that's the, the, I guess the latest rumor I saw floating around out there. Um, I don't know how many more bills quarterbacks can we have on the roster? Is, is Jim Kelly want to, is he healthy enough to come back? I, I don't. At least one, I think is the right yeah. answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, if I just like, want to give this rundown and I think that this makes a lot of sense and not just because that Jones hasn't really earned what is going to essentially be a $21 million extension for his fifth year option. The guy's super injury prone and he hasn't really produced in the field. And I realize you know, a lot of people want to make the argument that the Giants kind of failed him. And I do agree with that. But if you're going to miss 21% of your potential starts and that's not including the first two games in his uh, rookie year that Eli started, but it's 21% of your games that you're essentially supposed to be the starter for you weren't playing. So you're missing a fifth of your games. People want to label him as not injury prone from some things I've been seeing on Twitter. I mean, what is injury prone if that isn't, I mean, it's a huge amount of games. How, I mean, you want to look back, maybe we're spoiled as giants fans because Eli, you know, never missed a game that he wasn't forced to miss. Thanks Ben McAdoo. Um, so that, that's one thing for me why he doesn't deserve it. Another thing, obviously, is the production on the field. Um, if you just want to look at his numbers real quick, so it's three years, right? Minus two games he didn't he wasn't supposed to be starting, minus the injuries. Eight K yards, 45 touchdowns, 29 interceptions. The one for me is 36 fumbles. 12 and 16 is a starter. Hardly inspiring numbers when you want to look at someone who's you know garnering. I realize that, that 21 million dollars maybe not is not maybe like a top echelon or a middle echelon quarterback contract at this point. But when I finish my point, I think it'll all make sense. Like I said before, like I don't want to sit here. I, like I said, the giants failed him, but I don't want to sit here and like kind of detract from Jones a lot because I do think we've seen some things from him with his legs and the deep ball. Um, you know, he's definitely put his body in the line. He's a tough dude. I think that's something you got to give a lot of credit to essentially. Um, what I really hope at the end of the day is that like the coaching staff comes in here and, kind of proves me wrong, proves us all wrong from what we've seen before. And he has a great year and that would be awesome. And then after that, if that great year happens, then you can franchise tag him. It's only 20, probably a $28 million a year. So it's sort of like a $7 million kind of penalty or, or to like mitigate your risk moving forward to next year. And to me, that just makes so much sense for a guy who yes, has had bad offensive systems, who has had bad offensive lines. Whether or not that matters, I mean, we see guys like Joe Burrow or, you know, uh, Russell Wilson in previous years with the Seahawks never really had defensive lines. They've been, they show you what an elite quarterback can do without talent around them on the offensive line. Jones hasn't shown that to me. Um, but in the event, like, you know, he gets schemed in to this and I'm wrong. And, you know, because I won't sit here and give uh, Freddie Kitchen, Jason Garrett, or Pat Schumer any credit. Absolutely not. But if we're wrong, he comes back. He has a great year. The Giants are taking zero risk here, except for, you know, a Saquon Barkley contract this year. So to me, there's zero reason to ta to uh, give this guy the fifth year option when you have that franchise tag and the ability to work on a full-time deal, you know, after you tag him. If in the event that, you know, he does have a great year.
Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't have a ton new to say. I, I don't think the Giants are really being pushed to, for in any way to to sign him to that extension. Uh, I don't think in you know they're you know, barring an exceptional season from Daniel Jones. I don't think the market is going to demand a contract uh, in the twenty two million dollar range for him um, if things go sideways. Um, it's just not there. He does Daniel Jones doesn't have much leverage to push this. I think if we hadn't changed our entire front office, they would definitely have already signed him to that contract, whether or not to, you know, uh, reinforce their commitment to him uh, in whatever foolhardy way that is. But I think this is the smart move with this, with this uh, new coaching staff coming in, new front office, evaluate him. Uh, he's done nothing to distinguish himself amongst the other sort of bottom third quarterbacks in the NFL. Now that are relatively interchangeable. Um, you know, we, TJ ran through some stats, but, is 29th in yards this year, uh, 30th in touchdowns. Um, you know, he improved the uh, inter- number of interceptions, but he also had way less attempts. Um, you know, and just just really sort of bottom of the barrel in all statistical um, analysis that that really shows growth and and uh, dynamicism at, at the position. So. Um, Totally happy with where they are. Uh, bring in some competition, see what we got, and then reevaluate at the end of the season. You could, you, like you just said, it's seven can million dollars. Worst case scenario. Can I, I, go ahead. I, I have a fantasy, and it's gonna you're gonna you're gonna laugh at me. I, I was thinking about it as as both of you were talking about him. What if he is the kind of player, and this would be so ideal and so hilarious if it ended up working out like this. It never would, but it's just a fantasy. What if he was so mediocre, but the team got so much better that we just started winning games, but he did not play well enough to warrant big contracts, and we managed to not pay him a lot of money, and he stayed with us his, his whole career, and we ended up winning a bunch of games, and we didn't have to pay him a lot. That's a fantasy right there. I mean, I think you're thinking about like what the 49ers want with Jimmy Garoppolo, and it doesn't work. Yeah, so. yeah I don't well, want that's, that. That's, yeah. I mean, I, I, want I would a fun love a quarterback. Well, yeah. What I mean by that is <laughs> Same. like, like – it would have to be like the 80s style Giants. It would be running the ball down your throat yeah. and, and the defense. I wish. Yeah. No, you know what's funny, though? Like, I, I think another thing, too, you have to think about, and and, and I know I mentioned Garrett before, but I, I feel like, you know, when Jones had all those issues fumbling and throwing picks and stuff, like, they had to scale back that offense for so he wouldn't get rogue and go crazy and turn the ball over. So I think that conservatism has – the play calling conservatism has something to do with him as well. So yeah. I'm interested to see when you guys come in and maybe want to open up this offense a little bit if Jones regresses into the turnovers a little bit more than he was the previous two seasons. If he doesn't, I think that's a really good sign in terms of being, you know, someone who could come back on a, on a favorable deal or, yeah. you know, maybe walks to another team and takes that kind of like lesser yeah. Kirk Cousins sort of role somewhere. I don't know. They're trying to get rid of him too. Which well, is yeah, you're, weird. Yeah. You're absolutely right, TJ. The, the offense was designed to mitigate and, and lessen turnovers uh, and, and play it safe and, and ball control and, and put it on the defense and and you know most importantly the special teams and getting that that punt punting position. That punt we position, need. very important. Um, yeah. Oh, with our awful punter that we had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think put him in in a position where he has the opportunity to fail first and then see what happens. I mean, yeah, I like you know, like like I said before, I, I think a lot of people do have a good point is that the Giants have not done what they needed to do to help him be successful. And I hope they're going to do it now. And I hope that we're all wrong about him because I know we haven't been super 
high on Jones in this podcast or on Twitter or anywhere else. So, I mean, I want to put my faith in, in the front office, the new front office. I think that's important. And I think it's, it's the only mindset you could be in as a fan of this team right now. So if they want to bring Jones back and they don't want to pick up that option, I think that there's a lot of good reasons to not pick up that option. And I, I think they're giving him every opportunity to show us and show the believers and the non-believers exactly what's going on. Because, you know, he's been a hard guy to evaluate throughout the years due to those offensive line problems, due to the bad scheming. But, you know, a lot of those can be excuses. So I'm just looking forward, you know, this is the year. We said it was last year, but this is the year because he's not under contract next year for no other reason other than that, you know, basically. Well, I mean, and also, I mean, now, like I said before, now that there's some some competency behind him, if he fails with these smart people directing him, then it's it's all out there. Okay, it, it, there's no excuse. He's just bad. And then you move on, and then it's great, and then you just go somewhere else, which is great because then there's no, there's no wondering anymore, you know. It's tough to sit there at the top of the draft with two, you know, top ten picks and a question mark at quarterback, and really not wanting to do anything about it. It's just a weird place to be. But I mean, I I don't expect the Giants to you know make the playoffs next year. If they do, that'll be awesome. I'd be really pleased. But I'd expect improvement to some degree. And I'd expect improvement from Jones, but even an improved Jones doesn't necessarily mean someone who sticks on the roster for, you know, another contract or on a franchise tag or whatever it is that the Giants are looking to do after the season's over, depending on where they're at, you know. To me, I, I still think, you know, you bring in you bring in Mariota, Trubisky, Joe, Jacoby Brissett. I, I saw Blake Bortles, who oh. I love. <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, I'm sure he'd rather be working construction and ripping cigs at this point, but <laughs> give, give him a shot. I mean, you know, the Giants need, don't need a backup. They need, they need a, you know, the 31st best quarterback in the NFL as their backup, yeah. in my opinion, whoever that might be. And there, and there are guys out there who can, you know, fill that role. I think we've kind of beat that to death a little bit, but well, I'm I just trying to counter that, you know, Russell Wilson talk. Well, I mean, it, well, I guess that, that kind of, dictates a little bit what what happens in the draft. I don't know if you necessarily take a flyer on a rookie in the draft if you sign a 31st in the league quarterback as a backup. I don't think you can. That's like a waste of a draft pick, wouldn't you think? No, uh, it depends on the value and where where you can get him. I guess, but I I mean in terms of uh like yeah. I don't know. It's tough. I feel like it would push that that uh veteran a little bit out of the 30 Who cares? The 32. Oh, yeah. Well, it all comes down to money too. Also, I think there's yeah. just a lot of uh, cr- a number crunching that would have to be done. But well, I mean, that's obvious. I mean, we, we spoke a lot about the cap last episode. I don't know, Colin, do you want to give us any of your opinion on that now that you're back? I, I mean, just in terms of, of any guys, I know, I know you wanted to bring it up. So I'll, I'll oh, throw it in over terms to you. Of, of cutting people or, or just Getting, getting I don't. I don't want to like say the same stuff we said on the last yeah. pod, but I mean, you know, I, obviously the Giants are going to have to get rid of. TJ's people. asking for a hot take. Do you have any hot? Yeah, takes? yeah, yeah exactly. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Hot take. I mean, yeah, uh, uh, Bradbury. I guess would just go cut him or try to trade him, and then that, that'll be the only guy I'll say. I think that's the number one. I think the hilarious thing is you can pretty much say trade anyone on this team, and it wouldn't be that hot of a take. I know that, and that I mean, <laughs> pretty pretty lukewarm. Too. And my my second would be um, uh, Blake Martinez, but that's not not even, that's lukewarm too. It's like, all right, yeah, he yeah. was a great middle linebacker, but he got yeah. pretty yeah. hurt. So it's kind of like, uh, who, who, what is he going to be coming back? So I, I sort of feel like I could count on one hand like the guys I would be upset about if they got traded right well, now. Well, go ahead, say, 
McKinney, Andrew Thomas, Aziz Ujulari, Quincy Roche, Dexter Lawrence. I mean, I hope they re-sign Austin Johnson. I, yeah. I, I don't know beyond that if there's anyone I really am like deeply in love with. I hope Kadarius Tony, you know, comes out this year and kind of stays on the field and, yeah. and they scheme him in well and yeah. you know he becomes a bigger part of this offense. But to me, last year was a little bit of a wash for that guy. Yeah, I, 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 for everybody, I guess. I think yeah, the the oh, the one person I, I would not want to see go anywhere is McKinney, and then and pretty much anyone else for the most part, I wouldn't care. I really wouldn't. I mean, he he's. <laughs> He kind of showed the most for me, so that that's the exciting part on the defense, at least. It's it's painful to sit here and so <laughs> my my mind is just just wandering right now, just thinking about like where this team could have been at this position with all that draft capital and the cap space, and then where it is right now, and, where and, it's you not, hate, <laughs> it's not a good team. To, yeah, and you hate to see all those other players that went elsewhere and have, have kind of excelled recently, like the BJ Hills of the world and stuff like that. Like it drives me nuts. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an unfortunate circumstance for this team, and I, you know, I, I, I Dan just popped out, but Always now bad. that Dan's back, we were, Dan, we were just talking a quick about, um, you know, the state of where this roster is after I mentioned my few pairs I wanted back, and you know how we sort of got here, and how it just yeah. speaks to 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 the DG era. He who shall yeah. not be named, as I loved how Ian said last week. Yeah. Um, I think my computer is uh, is just shutting down anytime I bring up that name or, or think about it. It's just cutting me off. I hit I hit my <laughs> lifetime quota there. It's, just, there. it's not healthy for me anymore. Um, no, but I, I heard you list off uh, most of those names, and I think we've been over it. Um, yeah, those those are those are essentially players with upside and good contracts, um, kind of people you want to keep. Anyone else? Any sort of draft equity, clearing cap space. No one's that talented on this team that, that we can't find uh, other people to replace them uh, in one way, shape, or form. Uh, and it's, and so much is up in the air as far as coaching staff and finding players to fit these new systems. It's really hard for us to speculate with just a total sea change in every aspect of the team. So it's just fun to speculate at, at like drafts and exciting players with just like from a pure like skill, power, strength, speed analysis. Um, who knows what this offense or defense is going to look like? Isn't it crazy crazy at this point that we, we, there's not been pretty much anything done by this, this staff now. And we're putting so much faith into them. Not like the players are great on the team currently, but in years past, we would never be like, Oh yeah. Player. That was a a pretty big point. uh, Part of the the offense or defense. Yeah. Get rid of them. If you think it's right. We would never really think that. Because the team has never been this bad before. And we're not replacing people so historically inept. Like yeah. you can't have a worse front office, a worse GM than we had for the past yeah. three and a half, four years or whatever. You can't have really have a worse roster than we had across the board. Like, like last week we said sort of last year, but really by adding competent people that are recognized across the league as knowing what they're doing to expect an improvement I think is not is not a, a crazy idea. I think you finally feel like you have adults making decisions and and using like modern ideas to to steer this team moving forward. So it, I think it's a relief, and I think people can get excited and, and project a little bit. Yeah, I just you know kind of like that millennial energy on on the top, you know, or I guess maybe he's more Gen X, but you know that old school baby boomer line of thinking where I'm right and everyone else is my peon. Yeah, that doesn't work anymore. That's not how to motivate people. That's not how to how to 
create something positive for people of our generation who are, you know, the main workforce at this point, I guess you could say. That so, was, yeah, it's yeah, God. That's just bravado. He, he was scared. He didn't know anything. He didn't know what he was doing. So he's just talking smack off the top and, and trying to get people to just, you know, filibustering. Classic, classic DJ. Oh, yeah. You know what? You're probably right. But still, you know, I just don't think he ever listened to, to any anyone. I think he just had his no. ideas and just went for it, which is not <laughs> good. It's not a good way to run a football team, especially when you're I mean, how much do you think they're paying for the scouting department? And then you're just going to ignore half the people in it. Was he, he, he had a feeling deep in his plums, you know. Oh, I could feel it. Feel it. Um, if we do want to want to shift over gears a little bit um, to to the future of the offseason here, the combine starts this week. Uh, I mean, you know, what Colin likes to call it the Underwear Olympics. Um, I mean, there's always some guy that hops out and, and and moves up the draft board because of sort of this kind of antiquated. Kind of look, it's kind of like the senior bowl to me, where you take all this tape that you've had on this guy for a really long time, and then all of a sudden you have two events that you're like, Well, well, my whole opinion has changed now. <laughs> Except they're not actually playing football, they're just <laughs> doing stuff in spandex. Well, I, I mean, guess, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who, who's going to be the DK Metcalf this year? That's the question. I was just going to say like, his name, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because like that guy was good in college and he's a physical freak and everybody knew it, but they also didn't think he was going to be an automatic plug and play in the NFL. Um, Colin, are you are you putting together your annual draft combine uh, calendar with a uh, you know eight by ten glossy images and stuff? Uh, of myself? No, of, of draft combine. You know, oh, oh, I figured I would just take various pictures in in combine. Oh, of you doing like different events? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah that would be way better, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I wonder if I could I could try to hit my my high school forty time of four seven, which was. That's my proudest achievement, I think. I, I don't. I would never come close ever again. Yeah, who timed that? Was that like Coach Krell or Coach Pops? Are they? Uh, uh, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. I think it was Krell actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Screaming at me Asterix. down the line. Yeah. yeah. But, um, seven. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It was pretty decent. If you put on like three hundred pounds, you could play all line in the NFL right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Six inches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, w- I wasn't strong. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't big, but I can. Run mediocre fast as can a plot uh, around, yeah. yeah. As a as a non-receiving wide receiver in the high school wing T offense, you you were blocking on the edges, yeah, blocking oh, yeah. the cornerbacks, yeah, yeah blindside blocks and linebackers who didn't see it coming. Those that was my favorite. Makes um, it a lot easier. Yeah, but Dan, uh, Dan, any, any thoughts on the dog and pony show this week? Yeah, uh, I I think. Like, like you have to take everything with a grain of salt, like we were saying, as far as the combine. But I maybe it'll it'll serve a purpose to sort of distinguish um, certain players that are, are in what seems to be like a lot of groups and a lot of tiers of, you know, those high, highly touted, highly sought after positions. For instance, like those three top offensive tackles uh, between uh, Neil and and uh, Icky, 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 baby, Icky, and and, and Cross. Icky, like Icky. they all have like different strengths and weaknesses, maybe some will distinguish um, between each other there. Um, same with, uh, and there's also a, like a, a little group, subgroup right beneath them of like uh, that German guy. Um, what's it? R- R- Ryman. Oh uh, yeah. From, right. Raymond. Central, uh, Central yeah. Michigan, mm-hmm. uh, who people say is like super raw, but could be great. Um, and then the other, the other guy that uh, penning from Northern Illinois, yeah. um, 
another like like two guys lesser known but have a lot of measurables um obviously a position that we're looking to fill um <laughs> for the giants roster um see how that shakes out um tons of like interesting wide receivers that have like a wide variety of skills and all do sort of different things i think there's like by my account like six wide receivers like drake london from usc who's like six four um and super fast um garrett wilson from ohio state uh jameson williams from alabama uh chris Olaf from ohio state and uh Traylon burks i think he's from like oklahoma state oh no texas texas a&m uh all, you know all sort of like different guys what? I'm interested you didn't mention Sky Moore there because I think he's like it's he's glitch <laughs> it's that? like a glitch it's a glitch on he's team where he doesn't he doesn't get it. drafted unless you you draft him from every team like so every single mock yeah. draft I've ever seen for the Giants has Sky Moore on it yeah it was a, people don't it, last totally year too score. yeah it was like some some linebacker last year same thing it was like uh, I forget his name but he was it was glitched yeah. out last year and like everyone's like yeah picked him up in the seventh round and then he ended up going in like the second you know yeah. <laughs> like yeah. well. It, Sky Moore, he shows up in the third. You see him there. I, I would do those PF, sixth, uh, mock drafts, and I look at it, and I'm like, oh, so do you just want me to draft him? Should I just draft him? And then he's there in the next round. He's right there. And I do I have I to know. draft him? Oh, he's still there. Do I have to draft him now? I don't know. His name's kind of cool. I guess that's enough. And we need a wide receiver. No, I don't want you anymore because yeah. Yeah, I see you too much. And if, uh, yeah. He drove me. That that thing was – he was the first one. There's like a, a few handful of them, like, the, like Leo – Chanel, the yeah. linebacker from, I think he's actually good, but Sky Moore, I was driving, drew me so, so crazy. I actually watched like his YouTube highlights and it was very, you know. What type of, like, of player is he? I haven't done any, he's like any a, watching of the film. I think he's like 5'10". He's uh, like a, a, a shepherd-ish. slot guy. Yeah, yeah, he's not like blazing fast and he he's just like reliable, it seems, from the, you know, 15 minutes of film I watched on him. Last thing, I, uh, I want to see Malik Willis again. Yes. Um, and I think Matt Corral from Ole Miss, Ole Miss is going to be partaking in this. Uh, he didn't do the senior bowl and he was highly touted coming in. And he's also one of those more athletic, uh, quarterbacks, um, see how that shakes out. But, um, yeah, uh, D some DNs, like not the top tier guys, um, was, uh, Ojabo from Michigan, yep. uh, Jermaine Johnson from Florida state. And who was the other guy? Um, Oh, that uh, Cameron Thomas from San Diego. I, I haven't watched any of these guys play, but in all the drafts, they're sort of that second tier underneath um, those guys from Georgia and obviously um, Thibodeau and 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 Hutchinson. Um, but those are like sweet spots for Giants picks, I think, um, whether it's in the in the first or or second round for defensive ends. Not player specific related, but I I just have this, and you probably share the same feeling. I if a trade's going to happen, it's going to be at that seventh pick gonna happen there has to right well we should talk about you know your guys ideal sort of top of the draft strategy for the giants like how would you want them to approach it okay i think it well, could happen at five two honestly but go ahead it, first column it could and i've i've tried with the the mock drafts and i know it's not you know not real life but it's as close as we're gonna get to it and i've tried many combinations of of trying to to trade out of the fifth spot and i i don't get enough uh from it well, how do I put this? I, I want the automatic, whoever the best uh, tackle is right there at five. I just feel like that that is a get that out of the way right right quick. And then the second one, especially lately, I mean, I just, I want uh, Lin Linnenbaum, uh, but not at seven. 
he and he, and he's starting to drop in terms of the the whole like uh, perception of. I think it's people are just they're scared of it's drafting a value. center in the top ten. Yeah. They don't want to do it. So if we could get back to like fourteen to eighteen and he's still sitting there, uh, hit it out of the park. That's my favorite thing: tackle, center, get into the second round, and then start opening it up from there. That's that's what I would want to start it off. I get worried that picking at five, you have basically, in my opinion, you have two the two edge rushers and the two tackles, and Neil and Icky and Thibodeau and Hutchinson. Feasibly, those guys could all be off the board if you yeah. look at the needs. You hope that one of those teams picks Kyle Hamilton and that the Giants get to pick one of those guys. But I think worst case scenario for this team is none of those guys are there at five. And then what do you do? And I don't, you know, I, I the only guy I've really watched film on is Cross because I was just curious to see, because I've seen him all over the place on draft boards. And I think that he might be a guy, and this is not a nice thing to say, he might be a guy who can increase his draft stock during the combine because there were moments playing against top competition, at least just from the highlights I saw. And don't get me wrong. I'm not breaking the film down. I'm listening to someone break the film down. So I'm just kind of repeating what someone else is saying, but you know, that he has to work on kind of the point of attack. So he does have issues. I you know, whether or not that's a huge deal or not, you know, I'm not going to be the one to kind of tell you, but the guy who I was listening to said it was. So do you go and make that reach there? Because then you're kind of in a position where, I mean, you could go Carol Laftis too on the edge or, go linebacker or whatever you want to do. But in my opinion, if you're at five and one of those four guys aren't there, then you trade back and you could trade back at seven too. I, I just think the roster is just, I mean, what do you, what do you feasibly need on this team? Like offensive line, defensive line, linebacker, cornerback, tight end, everything, probably yeah. wide receiver after the cuts are done quarterback, potentially. I mean, if you trade back and Malik Willis is there at like 15 or something, do you do that? That's a good question. Dan, I want to know your, the answer to that. Would I take Malik Willis in, in, in the, the 15th, 16th, 17th pick? Yeah, sure. Or would you go uh, quarterback at all if, if it made sense? Um, I sort of got off of it for a while. I, in a bunch of drafts, I was really trying to make Malik Willis happen with sort of that draft I, I back. I can't say I wouldn't be like super excited if we did do it. Um, I think there's a lot of ways to approach this. I think, uh, I think they sold me on, on Kyle Hamilton. I think – the Giants have to take someone with their fifth or seventh pick. If they can trade down with another one, that'd be fine. But if you can come out of the, the first round with, um, I think anyone from Aiden Hutchinson, Kyle Hamilton, or Kevin uh, Thibodeau, um, plus uh, an offensive lineman, you're going to be pretty happy whether you trade down or not. Um, I, what Colin's saying is what I, I always try to do is angle to get to trade out of five or seven. Uh, and get in the teens with an, an additional second round pick and a future pick. Um, that'd be ideal. A lot of in these mock draft simulators, you can get a first, a second, and a third yeah. for your fifth or seventh. Um, but it, it comes down to, you know, what are, how we evaluate them. If, if one of these three tackles is there and, and one of these other blue chick d- defensive players, I think uh, also a, uh, uh, Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati yeah. is getting insane, insane praise when people are actually watching his film and he's just shutting down everyone, not allowing a touchdown all season. Um, those kind of players can change your defense entirely. Um, and we still need help on, on defense. Uh, and then you can find a lot of value. I think it's, you know, at the top for offensive line talent, um, it might not be as strong as people think. And, and there's certainly a lot of depth. So we can acquire more equity draft equity and pick up second and third and fourth round offensive linemen that might be able to contribute right away. 
Um, so a lot of different things we can do. And I'm sure we're going to like do a mock draft episode and, and all that other stuff, but um, just getting to know a lot of these players. And I think there's some interesting, I think the defensive talent of this draft is more dynamic in the first round. Well, it, it's funny you say that and, and bringing up sauce in particular, uh, I wanted to ask you guys at, doing all of these mocks. I've found myself, how do I put this? There's positions in the first round, especially because we have two picks in it, where I think the majority of uh, Giants land would be upset if we drafted a certain position at, say, the second. Uh, well, I'm thinking more trading out of the seventh or maybe even staying at seven. Who knows? But the second first round pick being a position that you wouldn't typically think would be a pick there. Like, and, like if Kyle Hamilton's there at seven, you wouldn't you wouldn't want him? Uh no, no, I I would. I I would think either something like that or or uh, a, a good cornerback, uh, corner, not quarter. Well, although I guess that depends. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think as far as positional value goes, cornerbacks. Uh, it's like quarterbacks, offensive tackles, defensive ends, and then cornerbacks are yeah. like. The yeah. top tier. So taking yeah. a cornerback in the first round, it's not crazy. It's not crazy at all, especially if they're as good as as, as some people are saying. Uh, these corner, but this cornerback group is. Yeah. Um, and it's not like, especially if we're getting rid of James Bradbury to get him to the cap. Um, it's well, well that that a, uh, no that was it Petrie, the, the Baylor cornerback that I keep seeing. He keeps showing up every single. It is Petrie. Yeah. Right? He, yeah. Um, he's more of a slot corner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he, you wouldn't think, although he's there, he's there in the first constantly and he's rated. He's odds. there in like the third. Well, I start seeing him, well, at least the ones I've seen, he like starts cropping up sometimes early. Especially yeah, well, if I trade. That, not that, at seven. Yeah. Not yeah. at seven. I, I mean, like if we trade out of seven and we end up in like the 20s or something like that. Yeah. Well, I, I sort of think the Giants had to have some young guys on the roster that could could potentially step up. So. Well, I wouldn't be against picking anyone in the secondary at five or seven, honestly. I mean, Hamilton's an interesting case, and yeah. it's hard to kind of he say he's a safety because he does a lot more than that. Yeah. But I, I don't know if, like, if they pick him at five, and I would be thrilled about it. If they picked him at seven, he lasted that long, I would be fine with it. But, like, I mean, in terms of picking someone up in the secondary at seven – I think it's I think it's a great idea. I think I, I, you, you always I, need help in the secondary. I'm Even glad the Giants you think need so. a pass rush, you know. Yeah, because I, I think that we would be the outliers in the, as in terms of uh, the fan base now. I think people would freak out if we got someone like that because it's not in their head of what you get there. But they also don't think of value. And I've seen trying- lot, so many mocks where just like two offensive linemen kind of jammed yeah. in there. And ob- yeah, again, if Neil Neil or Icky are there at five, you take them. If, yeah. But. You know, I've seen people pass on Thibodeau and Hutchinson to force two tackles yeah, in. No. You know, no. you have to, at the same time that you look at the needs of this team, you have to pick best player available in your mind too. Luckily, at the top of this draft, those two things coincide a lot. But if it's not the case and, you know, you end up with Kyle Hamilton at seven, I don't think people should be upset about that. No. At all. He's Agreed. gonna. He's a dynamic player, especially if they find a way to ship out Logan Ryan in the offseason. And imagine Whether or not, him I believe that's going to happen. Him and McKinney together would be insanity. I think it opens up so much for Wake Martindale to, you know, he's he, he's a good guy to scheme players in, into blitzes, not necessarily just like let, you know, great players rush the passer. So if yeah. you can have one deep safety and bring another guy into the box, it just creates so much versatility for your defensive scheme. Yeah. And, and I think that's a possibility with Hamilton. I think people need to remember that 
just because the Giants defense has been, you know, good or fairly good the last two years, it doesn't mean that it's guaranteed this year if you spend all your draft capital picking offensive tackles or, or yeah. guards, especially reaching. Yeah. Which is funny because we're talking about this now, and you know draft day is going to come around, and if we don't get to uh, a tackle in the center, we're going to be pissed off. Of course, so, of course. Uh, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. That's just how that's going to go. So I mean, th- this I is mean, probably any number of conversations we're going to have about this. And I'm sure dudes are going to bounce around the boards, and we're going to yeah. change our mind, probably based a lot of, on the opinions of other people. So, yeah. but for now, this is where I'm at in my head. You know, yeah. I have I have so much faith. Uh, unwisely or not in, in this front office, as long as we don't draft a tight end and a running back in the first round, I'm going <laughs> to be pretty happy. Like I can't really conceive of a first round pick at any other position group. Maybe if we get like, if someone picks a linebacker with the fifth pick, like I'll be upset, but almost any other position makes sense. Um, even a wide receiver in the first round, again, I wouldn't be upset. Um, though I don't really like I would be. I would much. be upset. I would be upset. <sighs> Yeah, but again, like you said, and I said before, if the, if the if they think that's the best pick for this team, I'm gonna go with it. And then a year from a year from the day of the draft, I'm gonna de- say whatever I want about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever. Sure. Um, anything else tonight, guys? I mean, uh, you know, I think we're still kind of getting into the groove of doing doing these off season podcasts. So yeah, um, it's a famously sort of uh, uh, dry or, or barren football news. Uh, period right now this is when like all the writers oh go on vacation and doldrums out of town so um i think we might have some interesting ideas for for next couple weeks just like weird things to do talk about sort of giants auxiliary stuff maybe maybe colin has some memories he wants to share um oh but oh I, I got i got some good news just for right now sure and i, and, uh, I may have told you but it, it's kind of more official now you're growing your that, mustache back no well no thank you no, but, and I don't think I mentioned it because I, I had, wasn't on last week, obviously, um, that it looks like the, the, this heart side of the family is going to be in, in full control over our season tickets. So I thought you were going to say you're going to have a kid. No, 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 no. <laughs> no well, it's close, close. It's the same. It's the same. So not, so uh, long story short, we, we, for years would split um, the eight home games with the other side of the family, the cousins. And recently it got pushed over to my dad. So not only are we controlling all of the tickets, but there's an extra home game this year. So we are going to continue to split for probably a couple of years, but I mean, it's, it's already, the groundwork is being laid where all the games are going to be mine. All the games are yours, eh? Well, yeah, and uh, I know, I know, for loyal listeners, you guys know we're from Westchester County, Um, so clearly this is a very good problem for you to have, Colin. Here, I I don't know how much do these things cost a year, though. That's gonna be cheap. Well, I mean, uh, Steph and and my dad and I have been talking about it, and I think starting next year we're we're gonna we're gonna go into the business together. So I'm, I'm gonna take some of the burden off of off of my dad for being awesome and and spending all the money that he. He's been spending. However, it, I thought it was more than it actually ended up being. Um, I don't know what the exact number, but it uh, it's something along the lines of like uh, like eighteen hundred dollars a year or something like that for for the two tickets for half of the games. So hmm. you know, do the math. Uh, I actually I thought it was a lot more. So um, what about it's the PSL? Great. Well, the PSL 
has already been paid for the year that they opened this trash stadium that we play in. Um, oh man. What? It sucks. Yeah. Everyone knows it sucks. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's, it's like the worst great. stadium in the league. Uh, uh, whatever. That's another conversation. Um, but yeah, the PSLs, I'm, I'm glad I wasn't a part of that whole thing. That was a, that was a $10,000 check right off from my pops right to the other side of the family. It was $20,000 for the two tickets. So do you actually like get like a, like a, a thing on the seat that says it belongs to you? No. So then I don't understand. What does this mean? You just uh, like, it's just a cash grab. Yeah. You have the right to a, buy the tickets. Yeah. It's, it's a ticket for the ticket. It's the Mara Johnson cheapo. Who came up with this? I'm sure it was whoever, whatever minions Mara's got running around saying, you know how you got to get Well, I mean, was it like who invented the personal seat license? Was it, uh, it's a Jerry Jones, wasn't it? Oh, must have been. I, I had, that sounds like a Jerry Jones thing. I couldn't imagine it would be anywhere or anybody else. Right? Right. All right. Hey, sports fans. The latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take a shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy for basketball contests. DraftKings giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void were prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN red line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Booyah! Bam, 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 bam. I'm, getting, I'm getting good at that. I don't know. Well, they keep <laughs> adding all this stuff in here. It's like uh, gymnastics of the mouth. I feel like all the states need to get their uh, their proverbial s together. Oh wait, I can say I can curse now because um, Ian cursed in the last pod, so I feel emboldened. Um, should get the proverbial stuff together. <laughs> Never mind, uh, and, and create. And everyone should just go on one eight hundred gambler. You know, wait. it's 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 catchy. You know. Oh, you mean like oh, everyone has a problem with gambling, so go check yourself out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have one of those for alcohol. You think, and should I call it? <laughs> don't answer that. Don't answer oh, that. Yeah. Don't answer that. <laughs> um, anything else tonight, guys? Before we uh, before we go, no. Do you, do you guys watch the the Kanye uh, documentary on Netflix yet? No. I'd rather pass away. Yeah, no, you should do it. it's pretty amazing. <laughs> I bet it would make me really like him more. Um. It, so what is it? Just like you know, some like therapist sitting there and explaining all his no, mental health it's... issues, or he he's had a guy following him around since like 1999, filming him. <sighs> Of course, get on. It's been it's incredible, dude. It's it's him playing like like through the wire for the first time for to Pharrell. It's the first time Pharrell like even knows Kanye can rap. It's like it's like these like seminal moments in like hip hop history with like the most famous people ever. It's who's incredible. the guy? This is guy Cootie. Uh, He's like a stand up comedian from Chicago oh. who's friends with Kanye, and they just started filming, and they have so much footage of him like making 
like some of the most famous songs ever. It's it's pretty incredible. All right, that that does sound pretty cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. Can I turn it off? Like the first um, the first two or the first three hours only get you to the release of College Dropout. Three hours? How long is it? It's like I think it's going to be three or four episode, three or four installments. Wow. Uh, But I mean, it's mostly the old Kanye because after he becomes super famous, he gets estranged from the documentarian. And anyway. I love I, I loved Kanye, and then I think my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is one of the best hip hop albums of all time. Honestly, of course. But yeah. after that, I just you know can't get involved yeah. with the. I think the music went downhill, and I think he went downhill. And I and well, that's, I that's, that's, stop wearing a black hood over his face. Yeah, and it, hanging out with Antonio Brown. What a combo those two are. Yeah, really, oh, insane. That's, that's made in heaven, right? No. The only excuse, you know, at least uh, Antonio Brown's been hitting the head one too many times. What, is, what excuse does Kanye have? Uh, the car crash. Yeah. But hey, all right. CTE. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take they're it. both CTE. Uh, it's all it's throwback, but whatever. All right. Um, sure. Uh, thanks again for listening tonight, guys. Follow Baby United on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can follow us directly at BBU Pod Boys with the Z on Twitter. I've been out there just fighting with everyone I don't agree with and acting like a big jerk. So please fight me. It it brings me so much joy. I used to go on Reddit and fight about politics, but now I go on Twitter and fight about the Giants. I just need that as a part of my life, that negativity. I thrive on it. Um, Whatever you do, though, just don't physically try to fight him. You know, just if you want to come down to Teddy's Bar and Grill, 96 (laughs) Berry Street, Brooklyn, New York, and have a delicious brunch one day, you know, we don't have to fight. I'll buy you a beer. Yeah. It's just it's just football. You know, it's not the end of the world. Um, yeah, d- download that DraftKings app, and uh, don't forget to check out that OVH cloud. Um, again, here's the. I'll show the link one more time. We'll have that in our uh, on our bio and our Twitter and on our on uh, this uh, description of this YouTube video as well. So, uh, thanks again, guys, for listening. Have a good night. <laughs>